Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Patty Contenta. Patty, welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. I'm super excited to have you here. And let me just kind of give a little background so everybody knows more about you. So Patty Contenta is a professional dancer. She's a choreographer, a judge, a master examiner, and international traveling dance consultant for the world-renowned Arthur Murray Dance Studio franchise. She's the founder of Sensuality Secrets. She's the author of Desirable and Deserving, and she's the creator of the Sexy in Seconds DVD program that helps women who are struggling with their body image reconnect with their feminine energy and sensuality through the art of body language and dance. Now, Patty's mission is to have women release their resistance to expressing their sensuality by providing techniques that will lead them to be more playful, build their self-esteem, and exude a natural confidence. Patty, I love what you're doing. Give me, like, just give us a glimpse into how you got started doing this amazing work that you're doing now. Okay, uh, so I will. Uh, it it ultimately started, uh, I was always, in, it's 25 years I'm in the ballroom and Latin dancing business, own my own studio, uh, manage a studio. I've been with the Arthur Murray franchise for over 25 years. But in the middle of those 25 years, there came a point when I was uh, married and um, went through a divorce. And it was sort of my wake up call to, you know, ask the question, what do I need to learn from this experience? You know, go, f- I, I, I was, um, I was truthfully, you know, disheartened, surprised at how, how everything came about and what had happened. And so I went on a quest to figure things out. And during that quest, you know, did what probably most people do, read every book that you can think of, uh, go to therapy, <laughs> you know, speak to friends is also, uh, you know, all of that, right? And, yeah. and in that, during that time sort of came to a discovery and specifically the um, a boyfriend that I was seeing within that time sort of made a said some words to me and he said, you know, you have this innate ability to be very feminine in your expression and you need to share that with more women. And he uh, opened me up to people like Tony Robbins and other, you know, other incredible sort of speakers and motivating, uh, motivational speakers. And so I kind of took that, left that seed that was kind of planted in my mind and sort of went on a journey to understanding more of what that would mean for me. And uh, in that process, used used those words and my need to continuously heal what had happened within uh, my previous marriage as a form of self-healing and created this whole um, online business because I needed to kind of get 
back out there and feel a sense of self-worth and self-confidence again after going through through the, the divorce because at, at you know at the time my husband had uh, cheated on me with someone from a woman that he was having a relationship with for a long time and so I, I doubted everything about my femininity my sensuality and and you know what I was about and even though I had a boyfriend after that and he told me you actually have this naturally I I really start to pay attention to what is it that I do have as a means of gaining my self-esteem back and therefore created this whole program I mean this is fast track but that's what kind of happened that's fantastic and I'm, I'm sorry you went through the experience you did but obviously it led to some amazing amazing manifestations and you know, you, you say something really, really powerful that I know a lot of our listeners can relate to is having whatever type of relationship that goes south. And now we doubt ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now we question, wow, am I really sexy? Am I really desirable? And that can be incredibly debilitating. So let me ask you this, like, what would you say is like your... I'll call it your guiding principle, but it could be a, you know, a statement, a quote, whatever. What's that thing that keeps you on track when you feel like you're kind of getting off in the weeds and going into the doubt zone? You know, um, that's a great question, Ken. And uh, the first word that pops to my mind as something that I know I truly live my life by, even from that moment, uh, is curiosity. It's, I, I'm a seeker at heart and I've always been since I was a child and it's what sort of keeps my mind active and not passive. And so when things happen, um, whether they're wonderful or uncertain or doubtful, I immediately go to my place of, of, of curiosity and staying open to the possibility of what this needs to show me. And so, and, and the the word curiosity keeps a sort of playful light place uh, keeps my, my my spirit in that sort of open playful place where I stay I pay attention to my surroundings and to what needs to show up and what's hidden in almost normal everyday life and allows allows me to to kind of create another avenue for some other possibility to happen so I really feel that Whenever I'm in doubt, and even if I'm not in doubt, I've sort of always allowed the principle of curiosity to stay, to, to be the guiding principle, to see what do I need to see, learn, question, uh, wonder about, and 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 just stay open to to what comes to what shows up, and it's it really is hidden in the simplest of ways at times, and. Uh, it's it's fed my adventurous spirit in in many ways too because uh, I'm I don't feel bored with my life I'm uh, and so because of that in a way because uh, whether it's there's challenges that show up or positive moments or simple something that may look mundane curiosity has led me to stay open and always see sort of what's possible so um, I have to say it's curiosity. I love that. And I love one of the things you said about it because you said it creates that space of being playful. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I think that's so important because most of the time we're not being curious, we're being controlling. Correct. And correct. controlling comes from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. There's no fun and playfulness in, in control. <laughs> not at all. 
No, and, 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 and you know, the story, too, that where I actually honed in on this value of curiosity, uh, perhaps you're familiar with Elizabeth Gilbert, Eat, Pray, Love, you know. Yeah. She, uh, you know, I'm going to just kind of go into this. I'm going to paraphrase because she's the one that told this story, but uh, I will give my best, (laughs) you know, um, explanation of how I heard it. And ultimately, she was sharing that she was uh, speaking a lot about um, you know, when when the, the the success of her book and many books came after that, she was obviously asked to speak at many uh, engagements, and she was often sharing with people about um, following your passion, and this was sort of a guiding principle for her that was really important. And and sh- and stating that at a very young age, she always kind of knew what she was passionate about, which was being a writer, and sort of that was sort of how she led her life and how she based her life on every decision that she made was this idea of being passionate about what uh, what she was able to do, which was right, right, being an author. And um, interestingly, after speaking at one of her events, she got a message from a woman on Facebook. And this woman, she was probably you know, in her 30s or 40s, not not in her early 20s, but uh, was later at a later point in her life and was sharing with her how she was actually disheartened and uh, with her talk. And she says and, and she was saying this in, in a very authentic and truthful expression or sharing with Elizabeth and stating that this is not to say that you are someone that does not know how to speak. But out of all the speakers that I have seen, everybody always talks about this idea of being passionate and being passionate. And I have to share with you that I've spent nothing short of my 30 years or so on this planet Earth of trying to find my passion and truly feeling uh, like I have not been able to and and kind of at a loss as to that if I'm not a passionate, if I don't have a passion, then I'm not living a fulfilling life. And that disheartens me. And and so Elizabeth didn't kind of took that to, to heart and paid attention to the underlining message of, of what she was trying to share and then decided to change how she spoke and, and really spoke about this idea of curiosity that probably the most one of the most important principles is this ability to stay curious with life because as much as I knew what my undying passion was, for some people that it isn't as clear cut. And in fact, staying open and curious will guide you to different places in your life. And her closest friend who has most recently passed, who was her her partner was probably someone that had many passions in life. There wasn't just one. She constantly went from being, you know, literally this woman, her partner was a, you know, a, at some point in her life was a, um, a homeless person in Central Park, to an author, to a songwriter, to a realtor, to, I mean, she's just done it all and, and, and was her closest friend and life partner because she probably was the most worldly person having lived so many ways of life, so many lives, I'll, uh, we'll call them that. And, and she shared with Elizabeth that curiosity was always my, my leader and what I, what I chose to follow. And so she changed her sort of her talk in a way. And it resonated very much with me and kind of aligned with who I am because it's part of my seeker. As much as I have this underlining passion of dance, Ken, it's sort of what makes my soul sing. It also is 
if I only do that, I know my soul is bored. And so I ended up creating many other wonderful life experiences from this place of curiosity. So I just wanted to share that sort of story with you um, because it was something that um, resonated with me when I heard Elizabeth share that. No, I'm, I'm so glad you did that. And, and it's such a great aspect of partnership. And what I mean by that is when we come into partnership from a position of curious, instead of thinking we already know how it's going to go or they're probably going to do this or this is probably going to happen or that'll never work, but we're just really curious, it actually draws us closer. Yes. Because it's an invitation like, oh, I'm curious, not I'm judging you or I'm trying to figure out how I can manipulate this or I'm afraid of this, but I'm really curious. And you reminded me of a... a a statement that one of my prior guests, uh, Celeste Headley, said, and she's an expert about uh, communication and how we interact. And she mm. said, you know, if you're just curious, if you keep your mouth shut, keep your mind open, and always be prepared to be amazed, you will never be disappointed. Mm. Well said. And it's such a really simple but powerful perspective because curiosity is as you said it it's that opening to possibilities mm -hmm. instead of thinking i already know yes and this is so key in our partnerships right like what if you were open to the possibilities any possibilities in your relationship instead of going this will end up this way i'm not even going to ask because this will be the end result mm -hmm. we don't know might, we don't. Have, might you have asked the same question two months ago sure but that was two months ago it was two months ago and it's a different person. We're all, you know, we're all unique. And, and so um, the way every people go about the same work, the same action, the same thought, the same ideologies are all going to be different. So remaining open allows to see, you know, that that sort of unique way that you go about anything. So that's why it, it stays kind of fresh and new because if we believe that we're all unique human beings with unique experiences, even though there's a similar thread and commonality with all of us, our approach and our our perception is always different. And so staying open to that is, is what makes it sort of a, a more, um, as you say, sort of a nicer dance between two people, whether it's a verbal dance, a physical Absolutely. dance, a sensual dance, anything, right? It, it, it keeps it more open to, to see what is their way of dancing. Absolutely. Yeah. And dance is a great example. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. because it's true partnership. It truly is. Absolutely. There's so there's so much mystery within that uncovering, right? So curiosity also has a certain kind of mystery to it because mm -hmm. you're open to what could happen yes. with an unknowingness. So there's there's uh, the unknowingness can actually be a wonderful thing because there's some spontaneity that's there that can help the dance or the conversation, uh, the engagement kind of lead wherever it's going to lead. So uh, so it's actually. You know, I've learned to become comfortable with this unknowingness and kind of leaving it to a, the possibility of spontaneity and seeing where things will go and trusting that that wonderful tension can actually create a certain kind of uh, beautiful art, um, whether it's through dance or through conversation or through anything. Right. So. Uh, so, yeah. The, um, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So there. <laughs> 
So let me ask you something, because one of the things that our listeners love about this show is is how generous our guests are and sharing their own stories of, of, you know, their journeys and partnership. And I'd love to ask you if you would just take us a time in your life when you kind of, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership and just tell us what happened. What were you doing? What did you trip on? And, and ultimately, like, what did you learn from that situation that has helped you move forward? Mm. So um, what I'll do is think about a more recent situation where it's actually professionally situated because partnership can be personal or professional, but most recently it was professional because I really thought, you know, I have to say, I thought I had this area of my life really, okay, here comes the word, under control. <laughs> and then, <laughs> ha ha, not really. Mm. Uh, so, so I'm sharing this because this is probably the area that probably I have less what I'll see disturbances or resistances. And so when something showed up, um, it showed up like stronger than I expected. So, um, so I'm going to kind of give you the context be and just because I think it'll help understand it more. Who knows? But anyhow, um, in the last couple of years, Ken, uh, I recently, I had a brick and mortar business, a dance studio that I sold. And when you spend, you know, 15 years building it. It, it, it's a legacy and identity that I was very much attached to. And it took a while for me to make the decision to actually say, okay, I knew I needed to make a change. I sensed it. And, and the decision of where that change was going to be took a while because my whole identity and, and legacy, because I, I spent many years creating it and was very proud of it, was attached to it. So the letting go took a while. Once I finally made that decision to let go, things moved actually very smoothly and quite quickly. So I knew that I was on kind of on the right track with that. But now when, when my identity was attached to that and I now have to develop a new form of, of, of who Patty is within another context, um, some of that reality was kind of shook at its core. And specifically because within... Um, my dance franchise and business, we have bilateral meetings um, where we get the whole region together to dis, you know, to do dance training and sales training and motivational training, etc. And I was always someone that was fully involved in this training as an owner and area dance director. So the second the ownership part was, was sort of dissolved and changed, and now I was just an area dance director, it kind of changed my what inadvertently somehow changed my position within the area and so where i was fully involved in being participating in creating what the region or the meeting was going to be about i was without being told kind of not involved in and 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 so i started to panic Okay. And I started to become insecure. Wait a second. Why are they not telling me anything? Why am I not aware of this? Am I supposed to be here? What's going on? And, and literally felt like there was a conspiracy theory. That's where the, my mind went, where they want me out of this position. Oh my God. Right. So all of this started to happen. <laughs> and when that happens there, you know, my background is, is Italian. And so my fiery Italian showed up. <laughs> oh yes. And so and saying if someone's going to try to take me out of this position, they're affecting me, my 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 income. Like I just went into this downward spiral. I really did. 
I can see it now as a downward spiral. Then it was, I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I was having, so I was building up this whole thing of possibly what could be happening. And I have to say, truthfully, there's some evidence of some of the person that was in charge has a, perhaps there's some past of some, um, unconscientious behavior on, on the leadership part, which I know there was evidence of, but I took that and sort of built it into much more, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so the, the, the dance, the verbal conversation or the emails that were being avoided from me had the wrong intent on my part. I have to say it was an intent of inquiry, but it was not an inquiry of love, but an inquiry of don't mess with me. And the true word was, I say, don't fuck with me. So mm -hmm. I certainly, I really went there and, and they weren't, the, the words were not malicious in the email, but you know, when there's an energy involved that, that probably on the receiving end of that, I'm sure that person can sense that. And so sure. they, they were left un, un, unanswered. And so all that being said, that I did end up participating, but not fully the way I would have wanted to. And I literally, at the time, had to read the book um, Seed of the Soul by mm -hmm. Gary Zukov. Mm -hmm. And it kind of fell upon me at probably, you know, the time that I needed it because it, it was really about the power of intention. And so when, you know, of course, you know, I'm giving you the sort of the, the, the overview of it, but the same meeting would show up. And again, uh, I, things were left, you know, not being told to me. But this time I kind of said, you know, was at a different place because I read the book, sort of reminded myself of the power of intention. And this time my inquiry came from a place of love and true, truthfully wanting to, to ma help make a difference within the region. And if the fact that I no longer had a studio was going to change my position. I had to be ready for that. Uh, even though I knew it didn't have to, but I, you know, I'm not the one in charge and had to be ready for the fact that he may have a different perspective on that. And, and so had to be ready for what was going to be decided. And, and it did change the outcome when I changed my intention. I, I made sure that when I did show up, I had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with him and, and was very honest and transparent and stayed open to whatever the outcome would be. And in the end, the outcome was a positive one. And there was a little bit of awkward dance at first between us, um, but it turned out better, even if it's for at least my energy was better displaced within the conversation, it stayed, it stayed more open. And now we will see as in the future, how the next meeting will go, but I feel much more released and re uh, with the, with that resistance and that disturbance, if that makes any sense and allowed for me to show up as a better, uh, partner, regardless of where I sort of shared not without sharing what, what I wanted to happen or what I would like to happen within our engagement and, and even being transparent with, I sensed where there, there, there was perhaps a situation where you don't want me involved and I have to stay open to the fact that maybe that is where my next destiny is. Uh, but did I read it wrong? Did I misunderstand it? So I even kind of shared, not without avoiding to share that, but shared that, but from a different space. Am I making sense, Ken? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you said something really, really key there because we were talking about curiosity earlier and you said you were you were asking these questions, but you had an agenda. Yes. And the agenda was to be able to manipulate the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So you weren't really curious, even though you might have been appearing curious. Correct. And it's such an important thing because I, I've... I literally had somebody say to me once, and we were talking about curiosity, and like, oh, cool. So if I just start everything with I'm curious, that works. I'm like, no, because the energy behind it will be really clear that you're not. Mm-hmm. That you're really just driving in an agenda. We're not, we're not ignorant to this. Everybody's a spirit in a body. They all pick it up, whether they consciously do or not. Yes. And so, like you said, even in an email, it's like, yeah, there's something going on here. We can just tell. So... It's so important that your your curiosity, like you did, again, you said it perfectly, you open to the possibilities. Maybe this is your next step. What if you don't know what the best thing is and you're just open to everything being presented? Now you can explore it from a place of neutrality. Instead of, oh my gosh, I'm losing everything, or they're trying to take this, or I love that you said there's a conspiracy here. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's what happens. Right? Right. Correct. No there's, there's, there's somebody's all, the world stacked against me. The yes. truth is, when we're open and curious, that's when we get to find out what the divine has planned for us. And God didn't send us here to make fun of us. He knows we have gifts to give. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of going, if you would quit trying to control the situation, I could put you in those positions where you can give them. Mm-hmm. But we think we know better. So such a great example. Yours was a business situation. But you take that same perspective and go, wait a minute. What if I can just be open to possibilities with my work, with my family, with my love interest, with my kids? I mean, it doesn't matter. Then, like we were talking about earlier, then you get to be surprised. Then mm-hmm. you get to be excited and and instead of going oh it's going to always look like this find out there's all kinds of possibilities available it is and and you know that agenda that you you spoke of ken Mm -hmm. it's really interesting because it's so stealth like you know you it's just like a sneak attack within my own (laughs) my own energy you know i really um like and 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 because i have every you know i've given you know, your mind goes into all of the past of 25 years of giving to this company and get, I like it was, how could you just blatantly ignore? And, and, and it, I just went there so easily and quickly. And I really said, what the heck? Like, this is so not good, you know, like, and, and I'm, and I'm someone who, who works on personal development on a regular basis. How did that just show up out of nowhere? That's the part that even surprised me that, Wow, the, the emotional charge attached to that. And it is, you know, I, and I think that the whole part of it was because I knew I, I had let go. I recognized, you know, I had to let go of the identity of the studio and, and, and okay, I'm going to this other whole new thing where I'm mostly going to be consulting and I no longer have this, 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 this brick and mortar sort of, you know, this statue, because that's what the studio represented, you know, in a way, yeah. right, this patty statue. And it's now just me in constant motion and not having this sort of thing 
that represented everything I, I, I sort of worked for. And so it was a little unstable. It was a big chance that I was taking and I and I, I wanted to trust because life was showing me that this was kind of was the right place to go. But I was still unstable, I guess, in, in all of that. Right. Because because it was still kind of um, there was still um and, and a, a doubt, you know, the doubt that we started this whole conversation on, yeah. you know, that was still kind of there. Am I still worthy of it? Am I still good at what I do? And and so this went into this, well, maybe I'm not that good, and so we need to replace you. Oh, gosh, it was just crazy what had happened there. And uh, so, yeah, so, um, and then had to kind of sit back and, you know, and then life and, and, and the universe kind of remind, set, shows you, I can't even remember how the seed of the soul showed up, but it did. And, and I started to read it and then power of intention. And, and, and he described it. This was so beautiful in, in, in the book, how he described it as, and again, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase it, but he described intention. He goes, it, it kind of has, it's like throwing sup throwing something up in the air and you, you have the choice of throwing a feather so that the gravitation of when the feather lands lands beautifully and soft or throwing a rock and by the time it the, the gravitational pull sends it back down to you it's going to hurt so understand that intention is like that it's like do you want to do you want to send up something that's as beautiful and light as a feather and it's going to come back to you in this fluffy, wonderful way? Or do you want to send it up with an intention that it has the weight of a rock? And then as it comes down and grain and gains, you know, the gravitational pull brings it down. Well, the force of that will be hard. So, so I sort of try to keep that in the back of my mind as for that's what intention is like. I send, well, I, you know, what is the choice of how I send it? Yeah, it's that's such a great point, and I love the way that's illustrated, because you know, there is so much power there, and it is our choice. And you know, you you made a really powerful comment uh, towards the end of what you were sharing there about you know even though you've made this this shift in your your approach to it and and you've shifted your intention, it's still kind of a little bit awkward, and you know you're tripping around a little bit, but that's normal. I mean, mm -hmm. we have this myth that, oh, once I decide this, everything will be perfect. That would be like, I mean, to use your world, that'd be like me deciding I'm going to learn the tango and thinking I'm going to be perfect at it the first time I try. Correct. You're going to stumble. You're going to step on each other's toes. You've got to learn how that all works. But if you just think, well, it didn't work the first time, I may as well quit. Mm -hmm. Then you're going back into your fears. Then you're going back into that control place. So it is. It's learning that new dance of, oh. Wow, what if I tried it a different way? Now it's a new dance we learn. And the thing is, we know in general how to move. It's just learning that specific format, that specific partnership. So great example of those, those steps that we go through. And I, I want to ask you something, because so, we were kind of talking about, you know, a bit of a, a trip up, if you will. But like, what would you say is one of your, I'll call it your proudest moment of partnership. So what's one of those times where maybe it was romantic or family or career, whatever it was, but when you think back on that time, you're like, man, that was that was amazing. That was so cool. And it's like you just can't help but smile thinking about that partnership. Um okay. Sort of I think owning owning up to 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 what was happening within me and not putting it on someone else. I think in general, when the best kind of partnerships, whether they were 
personal or business or friendship was when I I sort of own what's going on within me and sharing that as a means to help get clarity. So, so it's really this idea of learning to own what's going on, even if I don't have an exact answer. So overall, every time I'm in partnership of any form and I notice that there's sort of a disturbance or resistance that comes up, I've learned to pay attention to it as to say, what is this trying to teach me? And so learning to to recognize it first for myself so that I can share it from a place of, I notice this happens. So like, for example, um, I have, there's, there's a story that, that this was also in, in, it was in someone that I was dating and, um, and this was also a more recent thing that I, I sort of caught within me that I'm a really good deflector. (laughs) So I really, I go, oh my gosh, I'm really, like I've become so good at it. And part of it is because I've learned through my years of being a coach, as a a dance coach even, right? One of the the rules that we kind of learned is this rule of of 90-10, which is 90% about the client and then 10% about the studio. It's never about you. So, uh, because they'll always try to ask you, but you're the, you know, you have short, you know, I'm here to teach you. I have only, you know, less than an hour to teach you. And so I got to make sure that I get, everything is about what your needs are and how to get you better. Mm-hmm. And when you, you know, and then, and how this environment is going to actually help you if you stay involved in it, et cetera. So, and also truthfully, my upbringing as, as, you know, being grown up in, in an Italian Catholic home, you know, I was learned to sacrifice my needs and anything, you know, my, my mom was very much about that her needs were not important. It was about the family and everybody else. So that was sort of my upbringing. And so I've learned to kind of ignore and deflect anything that was going on within me and always make it about the other person. But how that shows up in, in, in a relationship, what was interesting. So here's how it, how it kind of showed up. I'm, I'm on a call. I'm, I'm having a phone conversation with, with the guy I was dating and you know, it'll show up as simple as, you know, so how was your day, Patty? And I just say, oh, it was great. How about you? Didn't even go into anything that could have happened within my day to kind of engage with maybe some things that were going on within me. It's always about deflect, talk, talk to them, make it about them. And so he goes on and and I'm really good at asking questions because I've been you know, one, my work environment is that, and and being curious is, is the art of asking questions and trying to uncover what's underneath all of that, and and be and, and sort of the wonder of what's there. But then things start to turn within me because I notice that I started to feel well, like he's not asking me any questions. Why is he not going there with me? And I never, I realize that I create this space of always answering very first level question way of answering a question and then making going right back to them that in in I inadvertently started to not make myself important and started to blame it in a way on him and I didn't realize that till after I hung up on the phone call where I sort of sat back and I said why am I not feeling good about this phone call you know what what is my part in this and sort of meditated and looked within and and it was and and by asking myself the questions came to the realization of that 
And so then what I did was share with him. I said, I I want you to, to know something that happened within me after our conversation is I realized that I'm really good at deflecting. So sometimes I don't even realize that I'm doing this and it's going to show up where you're going to ask me a question and then I'm going to change that question and go right back to you. So can you help me? I asked for his help. I said, can you help me when I do this, recognize it and almost catch it so that uh, you say, oh, there it is. You're doing it again. Nice try, Patty. You know, because I, I'm not even aware that I'm doing this. I mean, I'm, I'm more aware now that I'm sharing it with you, but it's just so, in, it's become such an instinct that I don't even catch it till later. And then I get to a place where I'm not liking the conversation. So, you know, he did within the next conversation. I kind of went there just out of habit. That habit is incredible. Like it's this it's an instinct. It just shows up. A habit just goes by itself. Right. And he said, Oh my God, you just did it. So now I'm supposed to stop you. Right. I said, Oh my God, thank you for noticing that. And so the conversation was playful and light, but it kind of went somewhere else only because I was, I was able to not only catch it within myself, then use that as a moment of sharing with him of my reality of how I did that. And then it was, it was a better, a better uh, conversation after so there you have it. That so, is such a great, great example. I mean, it's a beautiful example of partnership. And it's it's one of those things where, because I'll, I'll admit, I'm a recovering deflector. Um, <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, even though you got aware of it, you were surprised that you did it immediately the next time you talked to this person. Mm-hmm. But you're 100% correct that it's it's so ingrained, it seems normal. You don't even notice you do it. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter why it got developed. The point is, what you realized, which was brilliant observation, right, is that you're actually making yourself feel unimportant even when they're asking you questions because you won't allow yourself to answer them. Yeah. And then you go, well, he doesn't really know anything about me. Well, that's because every time he asked you a question, you asked him a question in return and you never even, it's not that he doesn't know it, it's because you wouldn't let him know it. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, doesn't matter. But this is, you said it so well, this is how we inadvertently sabotage our partnerships. Yeah. And you made that playful, right? So you, you asked him for support and then he's like, I'm supposed to do this, right? Like you, you were serious. You wanted me to call you out on this. And you could have fun with exploring this and being able to grow and open up. That's what partnership is. Each person supporting each other and getting to a higher level than they can get by themselves. Correct. And yes. that was such a great example of how you did that. So I love that, Patty. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So that's sort of, I don't know if it's a wonderful, you know, your original question was, you know, I can't even remember it, but it was something about, um, I can't remember it, but I kind of, it, it brought me to this other place of just recognizing, um, ownership of what goes on within me and taking that responsibility for myself because, uh, you know, no, another person is not there to read your mind. And so, um, partnerships have become better that was the, that was the sort of the question comment yeah. because i'm learning to to take responsibility for my part within it even when it's uncomfortable even 
you know, just recognizing that and, and asking for help for that discomfort and to help me through it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that was great because I'd asked you about a proud moment of partnership and I could even hear it in your voice. Like how proud you were. Yeah. So I actually asked for his help and he did. And it was great. And we got to a different place. So brilliant, brilliant story. And, you know, we, we've actually gotten to a part of the show. I call it Bring It All Home. And this is where we, we step away from the stories. And I'm going to ask you to, to share with our, our listeners some very specific guidance so they can take that piece home and, and, and apply it right away. And what, what I wanted to ask you first is if you had to pick one one piece of relationship or partnership advice that, that you've received over the years, what's the one that you would want to share with our listeners right now? Mm. I think, you know, when I went through my divorce, I had to read um, Hendrick's book. Or we had gone to counseling, you know, about um, getting the love you want. Mm -hmm. and, Hendrix, mm -hmm. Right, Harville Hendricks, right. And, and it made me realize how we all, we're all kind of hurt in our own way. And ultimately what, as you expressed, all we're trying to do within partnership is help each other heal and be better versions of ourselves. So I, I after that moment, I came to partnership with much more compassion, realizing that uh, we, like, it's, you know, the the older we get, the, the the triggers have a little bit more. You know, sometimes there are some we've taken care of, and others we've not. Those scars, and so I I think the biggest thing has been this idea of having compassion for for whoever's in front of you because they're doing their best to to get past those hurts. So I think it's always creating the space, whether it's through conversation and engagement, to allow for the vulnerability of that hurt to show up without judgment and 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 in that space the healing can begin so i just try to to stay to stay in that place and and most recently i've developed this thing of if i feel that there's a a trigger that's being shown up from somebody else, even if it's a close friend of mine uh, or whatever it may be, I'll go in there and, and because I'm a kinesthetic person, uh, um, I actually go in for the hug and say, I'm hugging you because I don't even need to know where this is coming from, but I just feel like I need to hug you right now. And, and I make it a joke sometimes too. I'm going to say somebody needs a hug and I'll go in there to just kind of lighten it all. So I think it's showing up from this place of compassion that we're all hurt in our own little way and to, and to not judge that as, or make it personal. It's, it's everybody's stuff that comes up to the surface. So allow the space for it to kind of, um, be healed. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you, you referenced a great book there with getting the love you want by Harville Hendricks. Mm. Really, really, really a powerful resource that I know a lot of people, if you haven't read it already, I highly recommend it. It's, it's got a lot of great material in it. It's one of the classics for sure. Mm. Well, Patty, you have shared so much already, and I, I want our listeners to know how they can contact you and learn more about you. Would you share that with our listeners? Sure, sure. They can uh, contact me, basically, if you want to reach me on Facebook. It's Patty Contenta. You can find me there. You can also email me at patty at sensualitysecrets.com. Go to my website, sensualitysecrets.com, if you're looking for any kind of different types of resources that you want. Um, so, yeah, those would be the ways that they can contact me. 
fantastic. And as always, we will have those those resources linked onto the show page onto the Speaking of Partnership website. So you can just go in there and type in Patty's name and it'll take you straight to all those links so it's easy for you to connect with. Well, Patty, your stories, your, your insights, really, really powerful. Thank you so much for sharing those and thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure, Ken. Thanks for having me. It was a beautiful dialogue and, and dialogue of uh, dance of words that we had. So thank you for that. You are welcome. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.